Uh, welcome everybody to another Coaching to Flourish podcast. I am your host, John Andrew Williams. Today I am here with Erica Penner. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. I, I'm excited to have you here. So you're a fellow Portlander and you have yeah. a coaching practice. You finished the executive in February. Uh, yeah, it's a lot's happening in Portland right now these days. How are you hanging in there with everything? Definitely. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's just one thing after another, but um, I, I was so thankful. I mean, most recently that it rained over the weekend. Wow. We've had all this smoke and that, that, that has been crazy to experience. So, you know, having the rain to clear it out has, has been wonderful, but yeah, I feel like not just Portland, but the whole, the whole U S we're, we're dealing with a lot right now. And so it's, uh, it's good to take a breath get some space and clarity when you can and yeah, doing well. Yeah. We had about a week of smoke as well in hood river. So it's about an hour East. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was hard to be in that, like, you know, talk about lockdown, like to be where you couldn't even go outside. Uh, you know, we had to tape all the doors and windows and things like that. Like it was, uh, it was a lot. I guess the question is in this, Arena, what have you learned about yourself recently in the last two or three weeks? Oh, gosh. I've learned that I don't do as well as I thought staying cooped up. Um, <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I, I suppose that's a given, but I had never experienced it to that extent. And I realized how, you know, I'm the type of person that needs to go out for a walk and and put my feet on the ground and just be outside. I mean, that's one of the reasons that Portland um, drew me to to live here is the, the outdoors. And so, so I learned that I, I need that more than I thought. Um, but at the same time, there is that resiliency that comes up. You can, there are tools and practices that you can put in place to help you navigate those tough times, even when they are compounding on each other. And it's just tough situation after touch, the tough situation. So. Yeah, I'd say in summary, that's what I've learned. What's your favorite coaching tool? <laughs> um, inner critic. All right. Although I will say that coaching would, I mean, there wouldn't be a powerful coaching conversation without level two listening. So I feel like that's a given. It's almost like you have to, you have to start there and it's just so powerful in its simplicity, but inner critic is, especially in the work that I do with women, it, it just is so powerful when you can start to detach that inner dialogue of, you know, negative thoughts and beliefs popping up all the time and, and realizing, hey, that's not me. That's my inner critic. And I can relate to it in a different way. It, it's just so, so game changing um, when you bring that tool in and work, work through with clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of coaching, what it does is it takes things that are so close to people that they don't recognize it and you know, creates a little bit of space and then asks questions that you know, create insight based on you know, that internal process uh, that you're sharing with another person. Uh, let's dive into the work. So you graduated from the executive in February. It's been a what, half a year, six months now, a little, little mm -hmm. less. Uh, what... What, or I guess, yeah, right about half a year. What's the, uh, yeah, tell us about your practice. Yeah, so, so if you go to my website and the, the name of this um, 
this webinar is is that I like to say that my job is to help women rise. And the way that I that I like to preface that is I help I, I empower ambitious women to rise up without burning out. And because of that, the beautiful thing about that term rising is that it means something so unique to every individual and success means something different to each individual. So in my practice, my clients range from, you know, millennials to, to baby boomers, from tech to photography to healthcare to, um, to finance, academia. So, so it applies to, to everybody. And um, yeah, what, what I find in my work, the, the two areas that I work with my clients the most on is, is um, first of all, creating that more aligned life, making sure that you have your values figured out, you're understanding your why, you're stepping into that more authentic version of your own life. And I call that sort of the rooting down or the creating the foundation. And then the next piece is, is making the impact, making your unique impact on the world, help, helping um, that rising piece uh, happen. Sorry, I'm always just... And the, oh, oh. You're hey, good. <laughs> We need to have like a live, like a recording, like sign, like it's like a studio or something. Oh, that's awesome! I love that's that. Cool. Yeah, it's. Fun. I mean, we work. For, it's. It's like you know, it's the it's the new world. Like we work from home, and everything is all, um, all in there. Yeah. Uh, so, so the rooting down in the rooting process. What in, you know, where we are right now in in this. What are you finding? your clients like what like what is it your like, what, what's the common theme that you find your clients are yearning for they i i find that they're yearning for acceptance in the way that, that they want to do things if that makes sense so so we're bombarded by social media and, you know, compa comparison to other people. And what I find with my clients and really anybody is, is those, you know, daydreams that come up where you're like, wouldn't it be cool if I could do this? Or wouldn't it be amazing if I could um, forget this part that brings me no joy and is draining and, and bring more of this? Is that okay? And, and sort of creating that permission for themselves. I think that one of the, um, I see a couple common challenges that come up, but but one of them that I see a lot is, uh, I feel like we've forgotten how to trust ourselves. I, I think there's this this erosion of self-trust that happens along the way of, of growing up that um, that that stops us from from entertaining those thoughts unless you bring in a coach or a support system that 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 you can work through that. So um, yeah. I mean, really, that's what the education system is designed to do. It's designed to uh, condition you to trust authority and to be able to follow directions to a certain T oh in order yeah. to get like a certain grade. That's what I mean, it's designed to create soldiers and factory workers. I think that's the, that is the express purpose of our current system. It's changing, and there's a lot of good things happening in education. But what you're saying rings so true to what this what the education system was designed to do. Um, it's exactly what you're talking about. And and the and the 
Yeah, I, I would completely agree. And and the thing, especially for women, that that was my experience, and I talk with other women, and it, and it seems like there is it's their experiences. Um, we're almost conditioned for this good student persona, where um, you know, don't don't disrupt, don't challenge authority. Here's the structure. Here's how you get an A, and then and then go ahead and do that. Stay within that that closed system. Um, don't promote yourself. Uh, uh, Likeability is the most important thing. And that can just create this um, environment where, you know, perfectionism comes into play or this, this interesting relationship between risk versus safety and um, how that might play out differently between <clears throat> men and women. And so, yeah, that's something that I see a lot. And, and that's why excuse me, um, for example, women, you know, they'll, they'll see a job posting and they won't apply unless they meet 100% of the criteria because that's part of that sort of conditioning of got to check all the boxes to get the A grade. Wow. <laughs> I imagine doing the work you do, you see just incredible transformation in people. Thank what you. do you see as the tipping point or the the point you know when you're working with a client and you as a coach feel that shift? Oh. I, I, I wonder if there's one tipping point or if it's just this accumulation of, of these insights and these awarenesses that are created throughout the whole process. And, and it just creates this snowball effect. I, I think about the thing, the thing that gets me so excited is, yeah. is I feel like in the work we do as coaches, we're, we're changing the freaking world. Like we, if I can empower a woman to go after her dreams and, you know, start a nonprofit, disrupt an industry, go, go travel the world, whatever it is. Um, she then empowers everybody in her circle to do the same thing. And it's just this beautiful butterfly effect. And so if I could show up to a coaching session with that in my mind, it's like, it's so exhilarating. Um, but to answer your tipping point question, I, I think it's, I think it's when there's enough insight that's created where the permission to go after their dreams is there. They're, they're not trying to talk at, talk themselves out of it. They understand the roles of inner critics. They understand um, the role that doubt plays and they, they can still, hold that, be in that discomfort, acknowledge it, and still move forward. That's awesome. Yeah, this idea of permission is so powerful. Like when do people give themselves the, when do people give themselves the, like allow themselves to be the, their own authority in their lives? Uh, it seems like a, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Um, every client I'm trying to think back. I think that's what coaching is literally designed to do. Like it's designed to help mm -hmm. put people into the authority. Like, oh yeah, like let me take responsibility for all of it in a supportive environment and see what comes out of it. Where do you see the, the ideas or field of coaching evolving over the next couple of years? Oh, so I, I, 
I'm, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but my perception of coaching before I came to really understand it was, was honestly not great. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it. I thought it was like, Oh, you didn't have the chops to become a therapist or um, you took, you took a two week course online and you're calling yourself a coach and you know, well, whatever other perceptions might come up with the term life coach. Um, but once, once I dipped my toe into it, I, I couldn't, um, that there, it was just so impactful that I couldn't not just dive in so deep. And, and now I have my own coaching practice. And, and if I look back at where I was a year ago between where I was now, it's, it's like night and day. Um, but, but I think the, the perception of the coaching industry is going through this transformation where people are understanding that it's not somebody that's going to hand you 10 strategies on how to get more clients, or it's not somebody who's going to sit there and give you advice. That's absolutely not what coaching is. And I didn't even realize that until like class one of, of my coach training. Right. And I was like, wait, what? I don't tell them what to do at all. Um, so I, I think there's this perception evolution that's going on. And the other thing that is so exciting to me is that, um, you know, often you hear coaches, uh, you know, as they're starting their new, their new practice, they're like, oh, I feel like there's only so many clients to go around. Will I be taking a, a potential client away from another coach? And I think it's, it's not that at all. It's this idea that we are creating clients as we go on. We're, we're not taking from anybody else. We're creating this. And so that's helping with the perception evolution and it's helping with um, other people understanding what this profession really is and it's not this um this thing that maybe people think of at the beginning when when you say you're a coach it's something uh beautiful and wonderful and exciting yeah it is way different it's not like life coaches are experts in life and somehow we're helping other people like we have our stuff all perfectly together and some like here's a blueprint it's like men it's not life mentorship uh it definitely is life coaching uh, what I think what I have, I've boiled down to like one, one way of looking at coaching is we're helping people make better decisions. Mm. And that's, uh, that's it, you know, like, and decisions, I mean, if you look at the number of decisions that we make in a day, you know, do I do my morning routine or do I just dive right in? Do I go exercise or do I skip it? Do I do that thing or do I not do that thing? Yes. You know, I think that there are so, and, but I feel like decisions are one of the most underrated asks. Like when someone thinks of their day, they go, oh, I wonder like, what decisions do I have to make today? It's like, I don't think people think in terms of decisions. When you apply that idea perspective to your practice, what do you, what comes up? What, what comes up for you in your work? So many things. So I've, um, I completely agree. Making, making better decisions is, is absolutely part of the coaching um, space. And what I find is when I go through, uh, you know, I, I come we, together with my client, we'll come up with, with something that will be added to their routine or something that's going to trigger a reminder for them to um, check in with themselves or to do something. And the minute process of doing that it, they're just like, whoa, I didn't, I've never done this before. I've, I've, I just, you know, throw it on my to-do list and then it stays there and maybe it'll go out of my mind. But if you build in this, like this trigger of like, 
how do you feel in your body or like what, you know, is it a piece of jewelry that you wear? Is it something that you stick on your fridge? What, whatever it is. Um, it just makes it more automated and that gives you the, um, the ability to follow through. And it's, um, I'm sure you've heard of decision fatigue. It's, it's, it's built in. You don't have to think about it. And that just allows you to have more brain space to, to do other things that you're passionate about. And that's why, um, on a separate note, social media is, is so powerful because it's those, those triggers have been built in automatically on the other side of it. So you're like, Oh, I'm just going to pick up my phone. I'll get my dopamine hit. I'll, I'll get that notification. And it's the same idea for coaching, but you're empowering yourself instead of being a victim of sort of the reactive version of what social media can do. It's almost like we're, it's, I mean, fascinating, this idea of permission and exploration and curiosity. I think we, one thing I see coming up for a number of people, and a lot of my friends are also coach trained. We've been talking about this lately, but the idea of there's an increased need to escape given all of the stress and pressure and everything that's happening. Yet there's also an increased benefit if you don't, like if you're able to stay engaged and really leaning into giving like, instead of jumping into something like giving just a 30 second break, like three deep breaths, like the three deep breath rule. Uh, it goes totally what you're talking about with social media and all the distractions that we can jump into to get that dopamine. So we feel comfortable again. Um, yeah, that's a big, the comfort discomfort paradigm is also yes. very interesting. And it plays like how willing it. are you able to be uncomfortable? you know, to get what, to get what you're after for the sake of others. I think that's the question. That is the big question. Uh, so yeah. how did you, where did you grow up? What, how did you get into coaching and what, what, yeah. I think we're, how did you get where you are now? Let's start from the how, beginning. Yeah. Yep. The beginning. Um, I, the beginning in a nutshell is, is I was born in Cairo, raised in the UK and came to school in the U S in Oregon. And now I'm, I'm still in Oregon. Uh, 10 years later. So I, I occasionally refer to myself as a type A yogi. So like I am the productive planner, like list maker, spreadsheets everywhere, post-it notes. Um, that, that is very much my personality in that. And, and I excelled in the school environment because I, it's almost like you get, um, you get rewarded for that. And so I, I really became this sort of, um, you know, straight A student, and and my my worth, my value was was tied up a lot in that. And then I started discovering, you know, mindfulness and yoga. I got my yoga teacher training a, a couple years ago, and I started combining um, those two sides of my brain together. And the 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 piece that I kept finding was coming up after I left school and I was, I entered the workforce um, is, is I would have these bouts of angst. I would be like, I got to figure everything out. I need a, I need a list that's going to tell me what to do so that I can move forward and I'll know exactly how to do it. And there won't be, you know, fear of failure or like not knowing. I think, I think that comes up a lot, especially, um, with, with some of the clients that I work with is this idea that if you are, um, 
not completely optimizing the time that you have, it's you're wasting it. And so I wanted to know how do I make sure to not waste it? And um, so I, I'd be reading all these books on personal development and like how to live a good life and productivity and wellness and well-being. And, and so eventually what happened is, you know, we were talking about distracting from the discomfort uh, uh, earlier. And I do that myself all the time, or I used to all the time. And I found myself in one of those bouts of angst again. And I was like, oh, maybe I, maybe I need to go to grad school. Maybe that's the answer. Um, and so I was going down that rabbit hole. And um, what was really funny is that I had four friends in different parts of my life in the span of about a month. They all said to me, you know, you would make a great coach. And I was like, what does that even mean? I, I had never entertained that and I didn't I didn't really understand it. But by the fourth person, I was like, I gotta check this out. Um, so then I started doing my research and went down that rabbit hole and I couldn't figure out, you know, do I do I go to grad school? That seems more prestigious and that seems more like, you know, more respectable or do I try this life coaching thing? And it wasn't until I, I had a session with a coach that was so freaking mind blowing that I was like, I signed up for CTEDU three days later. I was like, I've got to get in on this. Um, and so I, that was a little over a year ago and I haven't looked back. Oh, that's awesome. That's how I got into it too. I was a guinea pig for a, a class and I got coached first and thought, this is amazing. Like, why did this conversation, why, yeah. why wasn't I having this conversation when I was 12? Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, why aren't we coaching people when they're little? Um, but totally. Wow. You know, uh, that's so cool. So where in Portland are you? <laughs> I'm in North Portland. Um, kind of by St. John's. Okay. Yeah. We lived in Hollywood on uh 36th and U.S. Grant, like across the street from uh, Grant High School. Nice. My, my now husband used to live there before he got married. All right. Yeah. We lived there for 10 years. It's, it was, Portland's lovely. I mean, it really is. It's a great community. It's a really strong community. What, how are you finding your clients? So how are you, how did you get to your first handful of clients? Yeah, so I had a wellness blog. It, I, there was no, it was just sort of my thoughts because I, I had no direction. I was like, here are things that I think are interesting. And so I had a newsletter um, that I was curating for a couple of years before I found coaching. And so my, my first round of pro bono clients while I was training came directly from my newsletter. I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. If you want to try it out, let's, let's do some coaching. And it just, um, it grew from there. So uh, from, from that circle, I got um, my first few paid clients and then referrals start happening. And then um, one thing that was kind of a game changer for me is I follow a fellow coach in Portland, actually. Her name is Andrea Lita. And she does what she calls the People First Project. And I, I ran my own version of that. I went through her program to figure out how she did it. And I called mine the Root to Rise program. And that's now a program that I, that I have in my practice. But the idea is that you are gifting 
a coaching experience with no obligation and you're there to support and show up and provide a powerful experience. And it's all a referral invitation only. And so what I did was I had something like 20 conversations in 30 days and I had about five, five clients come out of that. So, so that's a really great, um, really great project. And it goes to the root of the, the whole idea of, of a coach is to show up and serve. And it's, there's, there's a little bit of a push pull between sort of the sales and the get client piece versus like the, I just want to do the work piece. And I thought that was a beautiful way to marry them. And um, like I said, it, it has grown from there. I will say that, um, you know, every, everybody does it differently. There's no secret. And, you know, you can't have a website. You don't need one. You can have click funnels or, you know, take all the marketing tra- trainings. You don't need them. Right. The, the way that clients are created is in powerful conversations. It's not created from an email not created from an ad. They, they are created inside a powerful conversation. So if you can create powerful conversations, you will create clients. That's well said. What advice would you give to a coach just starting out? So many things. Um, Charge more than you think is one. Uh, treat any pro bono clients like like paid clients. You know, have them sign a, a service agreement, like they, and have them show up to do the work. Um, and trust the process. The most powerful sessions I've had with clients are when I could successfully shut down my own chatter, my own expectations of what I thought the client whether like if they were getting enough value out of the session. If you just shut that off, that's where the magic happens. It's when you lean into the process, that is exactly how those powerful experiences happen. I remember a few very painful sessions when I was just beginning to coach and learn like coaching um, tools. Uh, yeah, I went to a, a workshop, um, Oxbow Park in Portland, but this is when I was teaching in Southern Oregon. And uh, it was for all new teachers, right? And I was teaching Latin at St. Mary's in Southern Oregon at the time. It was my first year teaching. And I went and I had all these, you know, these brand new teachers. And I just was really new to the coaching process. And I got all these sample sessions and I was like a little puppy dog. And then I did maybe four or five sample sessions and they were the most terrible, painful sample sessions I think I've ever given in my entire life. It was horrible, <laughs> horrible. What I was trying to do, I was trying to figure out a problem I could solve that would be worth them signing up for coaching. So it was like, I was problem hunting to try to get like, ah, see, coaching is worth it. It works. It will help you solve this problem, make this decision. <laughs> and it just fell flat. It just made me like, it just, I remember like literally that day I had like three in a row and it was horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, when did you get over that? Like at what point in the program? Cause I mean, obviously you're, you're beyond it. Like, but when did, when did it click for you to let go of like, I need to, you know, get prove the worth of coaching through a very clever problem hunting solving session. You know, 
I got glimpses of it throughout the training. I think it really hit home when I was in the the group mentor training. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that's such a powerful um, way to learn is to have multiple people listening in on, on a recording and saying, you could try this, or this was great, or here's an opportunity. And I think in the recording, one of them that I submitted, I really just, I, I, I dropped those expectations on myself and it, um, it, it's almost like you don't trust it until it happens and it happens. So I was like, Oh, this is so much, there's so much more ease here. And then there, there's more impact that, that is had. And so I, I, I still think this about coaching, you know, sometimes when you were doing it really well, when you're showing up as a coach in the way that, um, you know, as you're trained, as, as the ICF um, indicates, it's almost like you're, you're like, wait, I can get paid for this because it's, it's, um, if you lean into it, it can really be easy. It can really be um yeah, I, I'm trying to think of another word for that, but easy doesn't quite capture it, but it, it's simple in conception and it's simple in, in practice as long as you get out of your head, which going back to the self-trust piece is, is easier said than done. It takes a little bit of practice. I find it deeply fulfilling and nearly effortless when in that space, like the space you're talking about. Um, and I think the fulfillment comes from knowing how deeply you're connecting with another person in a way that truly is empowering them. And they are discovering things about themselves in real time. And I don't know anything more fulfilling than being in that space of self-discovery with someone else, you know, holding space for that and being able to witness and see them grow uh, is, yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I get you the, you're, you're the feeling like I was born for this. Like this is the work that I was born to do. And you know, like here I am yeah. doing the most important thing I could be doing in this lifetime, <laughs> at this moment. Like that's the feeling. Uh, I, it's, it's absolutely that. And I think effortless is, is the word I was searching for. So thank you. Um, but yeah, the fulfillment is, is so incredible. And I, I, I so I take my coaching, um, sessions from inside of our, our guest bedroom and I'll just walk out of the bedroom and just like basically do a little dance down the hallway like yeah that was awesome and it, it just there's so much energy that comes from it and you know people are asking like don't you, are, are you just like really busy and how, how do you have time or the energy for coaching sessions and I'm like no those are the energy givers those are the things that that make me that, that are so exhilarating and add to the to my um, cup instead of drain it. Right, right, right. So I used to live, so when we, we lived in, uh, you know, Northeast, and then I used to go to uh, the co coffee shop down like Oswego, and then used to go to a coffee shop on uh, near the zoo, like on the, on the west side. So I had all these different, you know, different days of the week. I was in different places of the city, right? And uh, yeah. I would... <laughs> I would listen to my vision recording on repeat, both to and from client sessions when I was meeting with students. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I would continue, I would go over the Marquand bridge, like so emotional, like feeling like I had just had three, you know, three, three to four coaching sessions. 
I had listened to my vision recording like five times in like in a row. It's like, like you know, just feeling like safe, <laughs> you know, over that bridge, yeah, that beautiful bridge of, you know, I five, you know, it's just on like just the the visceral feeling of the I, the conversations I know I, I'm having right now change the course of like this life. This I, I know it without a doubt. Like there's, you know, with no ego, it's just that is what happened. Um, what are the, the, like, what, what structures do you have that feeds you outside, like around the, the coaching sessions? Oh, I, I'm a big advocate of journaling. So I have a good journaling practice I'll do every morning. And um, I, I almost think of that as a self-coaching tool. Um, and then I have my own coach. I think, you know, that's, it's so important to, you know, be a product of your product, if you will. Um, so, so that, that is a big part of my life as well. And then I've, what, I mean, I talked about this in, in my journey, but I, I, and I didn't illustrate it as, as, as much as it really was a reality, but I, I, was such a busy bee. I would fill my schedule so much and I, I would thrive on that. I would thrive on being so busy all the time. And it wasn't until I paused that I would have those bouts of angst and like, what am I, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and so part of my nourishment and, and what feeds me outside of coaching sessions is that space to, um, you know, do yoga or go for a walk or, just not having anything scheduled and have space to be. I know that's so simple, but it's almost like we don't let ourselves do that because there's always something we could be doing or learning or seeing or um, experiencing. And, and those, those moments to just be are um, very nourishing for me at least. Nice. Erica, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation, have share your story with, with the community. Um, how can anyone listening to this podcast this community how, what's the best way to get in touch with you or follow up if they want to work with you yeah the best way is my my website so it's ericagisell.com e-r-i-c-a-g-i-s-e-l-l-e.com or you can send me an email at connect at ericagisell.com so um that's probably the best way we'll put it in a blog too we'll, we'll get it I'll get this up, post it up there and make it, make it easy for people to find you. Uh, Erica, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being a part of this community and for, uh, for sharing your story. I know that it is a thing for new coaches to get to those first five clients. That's a really, that's a challenging, you know, I, I feel like that's the hardest part. And once you're there, you, like you said, all the referrals start coming in, like you get more confident at it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I know it's going to be uh, motivating for a lot of people. Um, and thank you yeah. for listening. And to the yeah, good. Yeah, I, I was just going to throw out a resource that I found really helpful is uh, the book called Prosperous Coach is, is really helpful as you're starting uh, your practice. That's awesome. Thanks, uh, people who are listening live, and thanks for everyone who's listening uh, to this podcast. Again, this is, uh, my name is John, and this has been a Coaching to Flourish uh, edition for Coach Train EDU podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, John.